So we are in our week three of this series um, called No Compromise. And uh, it's about Daniel and several of his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But Daniel and these guys, they show us how to live with conviction in a culture of compromise. What is compromise? Compromise is accepting standards that are lower than is desirable or, or standards that are lower than God's word as, as, as believers. Our culture of compromise makes it difficult for people who desire to walk with God and make good choices. One example, obviously we just talked about the abortion ruling. Um, many people have compromised on that. Many people look at that just as a convenience sort of thing. When, when God's word lays out clearly, if we follow God's word, then um, abortion is, 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 there should be no questions on that. So week one, we talked about this, this no compromise when it deals with purity in our lives. Daniel showed us how to walk with purity, how to have a resolve to live with purity with our actions, uh, with things we watch, things we, things we look at, people we hang around. So we want to live a life of purity. Uh, week two, last week, we talked about turmoil, the interpretation of turmoil. We all face turmoil in our lives, but many of us try to analyze the turmoil rather than interpret the turmoil. And there is a difference. Lost a job, maybe God has a better place for you. Had a bad breakup, maybe that guy's not good for you. You know, have, have some other issues in your life Try to interpret why the turmoil is there rather than trying to solve the turmoil. Let God solve the turmoil. Trust in him, and he will help you with that. And Daniel shows us when turmoil happens, to remain calm, show no fear. Don't be afraid. Uh, Don't go solo. Don't try to handle this on your own. Have other people. This is why it's important to have a church Have other people that you can come alongside with and include others. That's what Daniel did with his friends. And then when it all subsides and you walk out of the turmoil, don't take credit for it. Don't take credit for it. God's the one that did that. And Daniel shows us that. Uh, So in this week's message, we're going to learn how not to bow our hearts to things that are not good for us. So even though today's passage is from the book of Daniel, it's not really about Daniel at all. In fact, this scene in, in chapter 3, and we're going to be in chapter 3 of Daniel, so if, you're, if you have your printed copy of God's Word and turn to that, or your digital copy, we'll have the uh, scriptures on the screen. But um, today's, today's um, message based on Daniel 3 doesn't even involve Daniel at all. In fact, some biblical scholars believe Daniel was... Uh, not here, uh, he was maybe on a trip to a foreign country or, or, or something, but Daniel's name does not even appear in, um, in this chapter. And so, um, but it's about his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The, um, one of the best ways to get to know someone is to get to know their friends. They're close friends. They're really close friends. The people that they choose to hang around with, that's how you can tell a lot about a person. In fact, uh, Zig Ziglar, who's a great leader, um, he, uh, he once said, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. 
Friends are very powerful, both positive and negative ones. And we will see today one of the reasons why Daniel is so strong in his faith is because of his friends. So students, friends are very, very important. Not just students, but adults as well. So to keep our faith strong, we must not compromise by bowing down to the things and beliefs of this world. We see this in Daniel chapter 3. So we're going to read, and we're going to be reading most of this chapter today. We're going to divide it up into different sections. But first of all, we're going to read verses 1 through 15, Daniel 1 through 15, chapter 3. Here we go. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, six cubits high and six cubits wide. And... Um, So if it's about 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. And uh, set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, perfects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other providential um, officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, perfects, um, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other providential um, officials assembled for the dedication of the king of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. They stood before it. Then the, her- then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the uh, horn, flute, zither, l- lyre, a harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, which if you remember last week, He did that. He promoted Daniel because he interpreted the dream, and his friends helped him with that because they prayed for him. And King Nebuchadnezzar uh, elevated them to a higher position. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty, they neither serve your gods nor worship in the image of God you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the harp, of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, uh, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship... Yet you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what shall be made uh, able to rescue you? Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So we have a situation. It's a big situation. If you remember, Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they're all with a bunch of other Jewish young boys who are now kind of young men at this point. They've gone through three years of culture training and... Um, uh, and, and about everything about Babylon, the language, uh, the, the structure, government. And uh, but King Nebuchadnezzar was evil. And periodically, 
set out decrees that compromised the Jewish faith in one God. Uh, Commandment number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Okay? It makes it very, very clear. But yet this culture is setting up some things that go right against the belief. Our culture, for the last 49 years, has set up something that goes right against what we believe as, as, as believers. And that is thou shalt not kill and We've been doing that to innocent children over the last 49 years, almost 50 years. And, um, and we've been having to, obviously, to deal with it and to, and to pray through it. But obviously, as a, as a church, we can't, can't bow down to that. We can't say, oh, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay, you know. We can't bow down to that. So he made a decree that everyone must bow down and there was a direct violation of this commandment. So how did they respond? This is huge. How did these, these young men respond to this? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were brought before the king and interrogated. But most importantly, they were given another chance to bow down. Now, this is very, very important. Don't miss this. They were given a second chance to bow down. And our culture filled with idol worship and just bowing down to, uh, not necessarily idols, you know, figures, but bowing down to an ideology that is different than this, to a philosophy that is different than this, to laws that are different than this, we will have chances and chances to do that over and over again. You will be given a second chance, if not many, to bow down. Maybe the furnace was hot and close by these young men. They could feel the heat. So when the, tem- the heat of temptation is on, what can we learn about these guys? Well, let's look at this in, in Daniel uh, 3, 16 through 18. These few verses. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, you do not need to defend ourselves. We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. So th- this is huge. Understand this statement. We do not need to defend ourselves. Why? Because they, have, they believe in God, and God is the one who is behind them. We can learn a lot just from that right there. We don't need to defend ourselves. Even with the, the, the idea of, of abortion and many other things in our culture, we don't need to defend ourselves. And that's where some of the trap happens in, our, in, in Christianity when we have conversations I've been getting emails and, and Facebook messages. Hey, how should I respond as a Christian to what just happened this week? Listen, you don't need to defend yourself. <laughs> You're not the one who made the biblical principle, right? We don't need to defend ourselves in that matter. It's God and God alone. We do need to defend ourselves before you. Verse 17. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Man, what bold statements. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. This is where the line is. We will not cross this line because 
of what God has given to us. By this time, those young men, they've had the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Summers, Deuteronomy. They have, they have the Psalms. They have uh, the writings of some of the, uh, of, the, of the prophets. And so all throughout what they have in their scriptures, they said, Here, here's a line that, that God's word puts, and we cannot cross that line. We cannot do that. Things in our culture, like abortion, <laughs> We, we cannot cross that. We can't. Why? Because it's in, it's in God's word. Lots of different things. Now, obviously, there, and, and some states may do this. Some states may, may have it to where, you know, maybe if, if it's a rape situation or, or that kind of thing, and, and that's up to the, up to the states and, and all that kind of stuff. But I do know this. We have got to, as believers, understand where the line is drawn, and we don't need to defend ourselves. We can put it up right up to the Word of God, but you need to know what this says. And the email I sent you this, this yesterday, it has some passages of Scripture, but I would encourage you to do that. But I want to let you know, these men will... These men had a second chance. When we're faced with temptations to defile ourselves with the idols of this world or the philosophies or the actions of this world, do not accept the second chance. It's easier to walk away and stand your ground at the first chance of temptation, but it gets much harder after that. So don't place yourself in that situation. The biggest temptations are lurking at the second chances. Here are some thoughts and potential actions you will face at second chances. So here we go. Here's, here's one scenario. I will bow down but not actually worship the idol. I will bow down but not actually worship the idol. Could those guys have done that? Could Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have bowed down to the idol but not really worshiped God? That fake God? Yeah, they could have. But their actions are showing something different. Oh, I'm just, I'm listening to the, the music, but, you know, not the words. I'm just listening to the music, but not the words. Even though there's, there, it's explicit words in the song, I'm just listening to the, to the music, you know. I will take a smoke, but not inhale. I would just hold the bottle in my hand. I'll just hold the beer in my hand, but I won't, I won't, I won't drink at the party. Um, here's another scenario. I will worship this one time and then ask God for forgiveness. I will, I will bow down to this sort of philosophy or this action in our culture. I will agree to this because I'm around a group of people. And then I'll just ask God for forgiveness. Now, I tell you this, God, God can provide forgiveness. He does. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins as we confess those sins. And it doesn't matter what you've done. That's the gospel message. That's, that's the freedom that we have in Christ. And if, you, if we've done some things in our life, and our past, then we can confess that. But saying that, ah, I'll deliberately do this and I didn't ask for forgiveness, that's, 
that's some, I don't know. <laughs> that's a tough situation to be in. I don't know if I would want to be in your shoes. Have I ever done that before? Yes. And it didn't end well. Or here's another scenario. This is a foreign land. This is a foreign land. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have said this. We're, we're in a foreign land. We're not in Jerusalem anymore. We're not in Judah anymore. We're, we're away from them. I mean, their parents may not have even survived. We're in a foreign land now. We, we just kind of, this is kind of what they do. You will be given an opportunity to do things when you're not around your environments that you know that God wants you to value. For instance, it's easy to make bad choices whenever we are away from home. Business trips, students when you're at a, sleeping over at a friend's house, they may not have the same rules, may not have the same guardrails set up as, as what's in your house. It's easy. Oh, this is just what they do. But I want to encourage you, don't take that route. Or, of course, we've heard this, everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. I can do that. So those are sort of the second chance temptations. What are some of the second chance solutions? Beware of the patterns. Here's the solution. Beware of the patterns. This situation in Babylon did not happen overnight. Everyone could see that the king was building an idol for everyone to worship. These three friends could see what was going to be asked of them. So, what are some patterns in your life? Are there certain shifts in, in some of your friends in their language and in, in what they're talking about? You know, pick up on some of those, those patterns. Is there, are there patterns happening at work that, are, that, are ca- that you're going to have to adhere to or you're hearing down the pipeline is coming that you're, you're not going to be able, able to, you know, say certain things or do certain things? Pick up on those patterns. Is the person you're dating trying to get you closer to the moment of compromise? Pick up on the patterns. The patterns are there. And so it will help you. When you pick up on the patterns, you will realize, okay, this is happening here, and this is probably going to be asked of me. Just like those three guys. They're building this tall structure. Kind of looks like an idol. Kind of smells like an idol. It is an idol. And we think that they're going to ask us to do this. I personally believe, we don't know this in Scripture, but I personally believe, believe that these three young men, they decided together, mm, if they ask us to do that, we're not bowing. They could top off our head, put us in a fire, lion's den. There are all kinds of tactics, whatever they want to do. But we are not going to bow. We will not do that. Can you imagine the fortitude can imagine the fortitude. Imagine how many people would be Christians today if we as believers always did that. And I know mistakes happen. I know, I know we slip up, but we go back and we can fix those things, ask for forgiveness, even ask forgiveness of others. But 
Imagine the number of people who would, who, would, who would believe in Jesus if the ones who do believe Jesus and who say they do truly followed after him. Imagine what would happen. So be aware of the patterns. Let God defend you. Here's another way you could do that. It's another solution. And you're in a situation, a, a temptation situation, where you could sort of, quote, bow to something. Let God defend you. Blame it on God. I love this in verse 16. I made a commitment to God not to defile my body with substances or, or, um, uh, or uh, actions. In verse 16, they said, we do not need to defend ourselves. We do not need to defend ourselves. Let God be the one to defend you. It's not, it's not your words. It's not your biblical principle. It's God's. You just believe in God, believe in Jesus, believe in his word, and that's what you stand on. And then be prepared. Make the choice not to conform before the opportunity. Like I said earlier, these guys, I believe that they made the choice ahead of time. Fix your attention on God. Renew your mind with God's word. I love this in Psalm 119.11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Man, what a powerful statement. I've hidden your word, God's word in my heart, that I may not sin against you. What does it mean to hide God's word in your heart? You can memorize scripture, but the more you read scripture, the more it sinks in to who you are as a person. That's why we got to get in our eyes in front of God's word. That what I might not sin against you. That is powerful. So, Second chance, temptations will happen. There are certain scenarios, but there are also certain solutions. So we see these three friends go, to, go through the fire, and we see this in verses 19 through 27. And it says this, The Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and they see traps, perfects, uh, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not uh, harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. What's important 
to get from this section of the passage is this. And here's, here's the important part. <clears throat> God, in your time of temptation or choices, God may not deliver you from the fire. But he will often deliver you through the fire. Through the fire. You will have to go through certain things. And if you have drawn a line in your life based on God's word, and you say, I cannot cross this line. And if you go through some fire on that, then God's gonna walk, God's gonna walk with you through it. He's gonna walk you through the fire. And in fact, I think, I mean, yeah, sure, he might, he might deliver you from the fire, meaning you won't even have to face ridicule from others or even, you know, being fired or whatever. I mean, there, there's coaches, several stories of coaches across our country who've been fired for, for praying with, this, with their teammates, with the people on this team. And, and you may not be in a place where, in your life where, where that could happen, but there are people in your life most likely, that are going to give you grief for standing this. And, and, and as we are living outside of this, just past this decision from the Supreme Court, as we're just coming out of this, there are people that you probably know, and some of you, maybe some of them, that you're already getting ridiculed for the stance that you're taking. But God will deliver you through the fire. I want to encourage you, stay strong. Stand for life. Stand for the things that line up with God's word. It's not your word. <laughs> Blame it on God. Blame it on God's word. Okay? It's not because you're part of any kind of political party. or, or it, it, It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. But at the same time, we need to walk in grace. We need to walk in grace. We don't need to get into any kind of arguments. Okay? And I know there's, there's going to be lots of scenarios. Well, what about this scenario, this scenario, this scenario? You know, you know we, have, we have governing officials that will help decide that. But the bottom line is this. If you're a believer, Christ follower, if you believe in Jesus, if you've got the Holy Spirit in, in, inside of you, how could you not want to support life? We must support life. We do. And at the same time, we need to support life after birth. We need to support life after birth, just as more as before birth. And as a church, we're going to do that. We are going to, and we have been doing that, but we're, we're going to need to do that even more. 
I picture the ministry center being used for baby showers of people who they need to keep their baby. We're going to offer that for free. You know? Hey, let us celebrate with you this, this life. And I know it, in certain situations there was a sin involved in that. And yes, we got to work through that. But I want us as a church to do everything we can to use all of our resources to help celebrate life and to help people in this situation. But as pastor of this church, I'm not going to cross that line. I mean, there, there are pastors out there who believe and support abortion. That's between them and God. But I'm, I fear God too much. <laughs> I do. And, and I love his word. I love his word. But people have asked, what, what, where's your stand on this? My stand is life. Not because of political parties, because of God, God's word. That's where we stand. And, um, of course, this sermon has looked, has transformed since the news on Friday. I wasn't going to um, mention so much more about, you know, this issue. But what a great um, opportunity we can use this as an example of not to bow down to this. Their determination, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's determination not to be conformed by their culture resulted in a king who became a believer in God as shown in verses 28 through 30. So look at 28 through 30. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God, capital G, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defiled the king's command. He's talking about himself. Defiled my command. Defiled the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God, lower G, except their own God, capital G. Therefore, I decree, here it is, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God who can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Gave them a more promotion. Here you go. Promotions. Here we go. Throwing out promotions. Can I tell you what's going to happen? Eventually. If we have a hard line against things in our culture. And there's lots of things. Alternative lifestyles, you know, all, all this stuff with gender stuff. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know where to start with that. And all kinds, I mean, we're, we're still trying to figure out what's, <laughs> what the culture's trying to tell us, right? But, and then abortion, obviously, in this situation. But if we Stand by that line in God's word. If we stand by that, 
In love, L-O-V-E, love. We've got to do it in love. I love you, bro. I love you, but this is what God's word said, and I can't cross that line. I can't. Love them where they're at, but you just you can't cross that line. If we do that, I believe I do believe that many people in our culture, many people that you know, will eventually come around to be like, all right, I I want what you have. God is inside of you somehow. Yes, he is. I want that. And so, you're going to go through some fire Some of you have already been through some fire with some conversations this week, and there's going to be even more. I will probably go through some fire. You know, it's not not me to, to defend. This is what I live by. It's not for you to defend. But God will walk you through that. Let's do it in love. Let's do it in love. I mean... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't call the king's name. They didn't curse at him. They didn't belittle him. They just said, "Your ma-. they even called him. They respected him. Your majesty. We appreciate you've set up this idol, but we can't do that. We can't. So you're going to have to throw us in the fire. Respond in love. And then as we do that, I believe people will come to an understanding that there's a God who loves us, but there's also a God who has certain lines and guardrails and standards. Biblical standards. No compromise. No compromise. That's what this series is about. Don't compromise what's in this word. We can't do that. So I want to encourage you, hold fast, stand strong, do it in love, and people will come to Christ as you share Christ with them. And don't make it about the big issues. I know these are big issues. The biggest issue is not abortion, not homosexuality. The biggest issue is that there are people dying to go into hell because they don't have accepted Christ as Savior. That is the issue. So put it on that. Does that make sense? Yes? I hope so. I hope so. He is a living God and desires to save. He wants to give life. He sent Jesus to die for our sins. Only God can save in this way. What's that, verse 16? Sixteen. God we serve is able to deliver from us and he will, he will deliver us. Verse 17. 
No other God can save in this way. They believed it. They believed that even though they were going to be thrown in the fiery furnace, God's going to save them. Can I tell you something? For those who are watching online, those who are here today, God is the only one who can save. You can't save yourself. Only he can do that. Through the blood of Jesus. What does that look like? It's simply you giving your life to him. Giving your life to him. Saying, Jesus, I surrender. I surrender it all. Could you bow your heads? I just want to give this opportunity. I made, a, I made a pact long, long ago with my, uh, with my grandfather, with my papa, my mom, and others, and, and obviously with God, that I would always give an opportunity for people to make the most important decision in their life. And that is accept Christ as Savior. So if you're here today, or you're watching online, and you're listening, God is getting your attention. He's knocking on the door of your heart, and he wants you to know he loves you. He's got great plans for you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. He wants to come live inside of you. But that's your invitation to give. So would you send out an invitation to God? Send out an invitation to God by simply saying this, God, please forgive me of my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. Come into my life. Fill me with all that you are so that I can become all that you want me to be. In Jesus' name.